What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Batbeck. I'm your host and guide through said podcast, and we are one away from episode 200. That's fucking mind-blowing. Like, yeah, when I started this two and a bit years ago now... Like, no way in hell did I think that I'd persevere to 200 episodes. Um, but internally thankful for everyone that still continues to listen to the show, supports the show, all the amazing guests that we've had on from episode one all the way now to episode 199. It's been been a journey, and I'm incredible, gracious, and thankful for that. So, yeah. Um, if you missed out on last week's episode or haven't seen us on, on our Instagram, we are doing a giveaway for episode 200, um, with lots of records to give away. We've teamed up with good friends, uh, over at, uh, Alfistro, Distro, uh, uh, Callus Records, Crew Cuts Records, Boslevin Records, uh, have all kindly donated 7 inches, 12 inches, a couple of tapes and stuff. All the details of that are on our Instagram, which is at just underscore and underscore insight. Um, there's a competition a giveaway post even. Read the details on there. Get involved. I will be doing an Instagram live on July the 5th, I think the Monday is. Yep, yeah, July 5th. Um, probably around 6 or 7 p.m., um i will decide a bit closer to the time so we'll do draw the name out of the hat there so it's all above board everybody could see who the winner is and yeah then we will have episode 200 with you next tuesday which is one that i'm super excited to to get out into the world um so yeah that's kind of all i want to say rambling on not a whole lot to kind of report again this week like world is still a bit shit matt hancock is a cunt um which everyone i'm sure in the uk is very very much aware of um personally haven't really done a whole lot this week i went to the cinema for the first time in well over a year and a half went and saw a quiet place part two it was good nowhere near as good as the first film but still an enjoyable watch um cinema experience was kind of weird having to wear a mask throughout but i mean that doesn't bother me it bothers some people but it was fine um but yeah not nothing else really majorly to report uh in terms of stuff that i've been listening to this week the new Amunra record has been on constant loop as i record this new turnstile ep has just dropped which is really fucking cool new uh, free throw record um new lucy dacus record uh what else is oh new urn new chain whip uh standstill lots of really cool stuff kind of came out this this week actually um backwash has been been something that's on heavy rotation as well so go check out all those wonderful things put them in your ears go listen to music because despite what people say there is lots of really cool new music out in the world and that is a nice segue into this week's guest a fairly relatively new band but a band that are 
sort of really on the up. Uh, this week I am joined by guitarist of Hardcore Punkers, Scowl. Uh, this worked out really well. So Sorry, uh, guitarist Malachi Green. This worked out timing-wise really well. So I'd reached out to, to Malachi ages ago when they I think when they first announced that they had just signed to Flat Spot Records um, and just timing wise never lined up and uh, busy schedules and so on and so forth and then the week prior to us recording this was the RBS show the real bass shit show which was Scowls of Alba, Gulch, Drain, Tsunami which for someone here in the UK looking all the videos that kind of came out of that looked absolute insanity. Um, but shows like Hardcore is back with a vengeance in the States anyway. UK, we're still waiting, but hopefully it's coming soon. Obviously, we had the Download Pilot Festival recently. Um, but obviously, our sort of quote-unquote lockdown has been extended until July 19th. So that's put a bit of a spanner in the works because I was meant to be going to see Big Cheese literally yesterday but obviously that didn't happen um but yeah so I've kind of gone off topic but we're it timed well that we could talk about the RBS show and what it was like to kind of get back into doing live shit which is amazing because it's the first person I've spoken to in well over a year who's had the opportunity to do an actual live show, not like a live stream or anything like that. Um, but we get into way more. We get into obviously Malachi's sort of starts and like how his mum was very much into punk music and, and had it on in the house when he was growing up, uh, how he kind of got into skateboarding and specifically downhill skateboarding, uh, how like he's not naturally a guitarist. Like he's just, he has literally picked up a guitar for Scowl um same with his previous well other projects like picking up a bass just because it was something to give a go and wanted to try isn't never kind of not classically gone through the normal roots of being a, a quote-unquote musician um how the santa cruz area has built up such an amazing scene and how there wasn't really one in the beginning but now along with scowl bands like drain gulch tsunami hands of god so many rad bands coming out of that area have built up this the scene and yeah just so so much more so um i've rambled on way too long in this intro so i'm gonna leave it there please enjoy the chat that i have with malachi and i'll see you on the other side Right, so joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is guitarist of hardcore punk Scowl, uh, Malachi Green. Malachi, thank you very much for taking some time to have a little chat with me. Um, how is everything in your world? How's We'll get on to a big show that happens last weekend in a moment, but how's everything in general? Oh, it's good. I mean, things are opening up. Um, it's nice to see people kind of out and about again. We're from Santa Cruz, so like... It's a big tourist destination, so you know, yeah, traffic is back. The boardwalk open <laughs> again. They're selling corn dogs like no one's business. So you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's good. You know, it's 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 nice to see some like people kind of living life a bit more normal now. So that's cool. Well, I think the obvious starting point is the real bay shit show that happened the other weekend. Like, obviously. 
I'm here in the UK pawning over all the videos and photos and stuff that I've seen. So from your perspective, like, how was it like, uh, well, first of all, what was the show like and how was it to kind of be back playing as well? It was nuts. I didn't expect that. Like we, um, we kind of knew, we saw people on the internet, like, oh, I'm flying out for this. And we were like, oh, this might get pretty big. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. the pop-up, I got a call, the pop-up they did. They're like, dude, there's over a thousand people here. Like, oh shit. And they, so what we did was we sold admission at the pop-up. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So he, uh, <laughs> that was, that was wild. So he's like, yeah, you know, there's like a thousand people here plus and so he calls me uh cole from printhead he, he plays in goals mm. too he calls me he's like hey like i'm gonna when should i cut off the line i was like four like we should do it at four send him over we'll just start doing admission then so we were dealing with it and i was like no way like that has more <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh no way this is wild and then yeah we like tallied up how many people like it was well over 2,500. So, whoa, that's up. awesome. Like, I was like, what? The? So, it was cool. Like, um, I definitely, it was surreal. It was great playing that first show back and like people just like popping off. Like, and like, you know, we were the first band. So, like, it was, uh, I was kind of like, oh, I wonder, you know, how the first bands got treated. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to COVID. Now I'm like, everyone is moving people were singing along it was great it was like i couldn't have asked for anything more so well because that's what i was going to ask because like in the grand scheme of things obviously scowl is kind of a relatively new band yeah and like to be like obviously i know like it's kind of like a hometown show in some aspects for you yeah. guys in in terms of that but like as you say people flying out of state and stuff like that so were you kind of surprised at how many people were like going off for you guys or do you just think it was that kind of like everyone was just so hyped to be there and excited to have shows back yeah i think that had you know i think people were just so excited um we we kind of our style is more of like a hardcore punk um style. yeah so you know, there's a lot of punk rockers there and like there's a lot of like dudes that like to circle pit so i once we started playing i i saw that like i looked out on the crowd and i was like all right cool like I feel like we have a little bit of something for everybody out there. So it was, it was cool. Um, it was definitely like, for me, the best reaction ever. And like, it was like <laughs> yeah. more than I could have asked for. I, I'm so thankful to everyone who came out and like anyone who was involved with making that happen. So like, it was, it was nuts. Like I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more. Like that was, that was probably the, uh, as far as like shows up here that I've been to, that was probably the most wild show I've ever been. To yeah, in in Northern California for sure. So, and just like from your perspective personally, like as I say, just from like looking at the videos and stuff, like there's parts where you can't tell the difference between who's on the stage and who's on the crowd. So for you, like playing, was it quite like a challenge, or did you just enjoy like the swell of it? I I love that. Like for me, it's like people <laughs> yeah. are on stage jumping and going off, like that's great. Our set, I think throughout the night, there was um, more stage potatoes that like kind of showed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was kind of like, you know, I, I know it could probably, it, it worked in some regard. Most, we knew everyone who was on the stage, 
So they kind of mm. blocked for the gear and stuff like that. So that was a plus in in the whole the grand scheme of things. But yeah, that uh there was a lot of people for sure. I think they're <laughs> just getting pushed too. Like you had to dodge the chaos, so they just ran to this like ended up on the stage. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, we'll get on to kind of the, the meat and veg of the of the chat and kind of like your history of music and how you got into it and stuff. So how I always open it up is like, what kind of got you into alternative music? Like, what was your first exposure of it? Uh, my mom was a punk. So my mom, oh, okay, cool. my mom just put me onto it like right away. And like, um, she, yeah, she was like living in punk squats and stuff growing up. So she, was, <laughs> like, she knew right off. And then like, so a lot of my family was into it. Um, my uncle was like a skater. He was into punk. Even like my, my dad, he like, you know, he was into like more like rap and everything, but he, he was even into some punk. So like he, it was just always around me. I was, I grew up mm. skating, skating. There's a lot of punk music and skate videos at the time. And um, yeah, that was it. Like I, I've been going to shows like punk shows when I was young. I've been going for, I don't know, single digits as far as like going to punk shows. <laughs> nice. Like not, I wasn't like an everyday thing. I wasn't like living at the, at the venue, but my mom took me to shows. She would take me and my friends when we were like in middle school and high school. And yeah, it was, it was cool. That's, um, it's just kind of, you kind of learn at a young age how to like navigate it too. And uh, mm. yeah, it was, it was, I'm very fortunate to have that in my upbringing. So was she like, not saying that she was like pushing bands onto you, but was she kind of like actively showing you bands or was it just a, like it was on in the house and you kind of like attuned your ear to it kind of thing? A little bit of both. I would ask her about bands and then it got to the point where I was like putting her onto new bands and like my sister, too. <laughs> yeah. my sister was big into it as well. My She's older than me. So we were just kind of, it was kind of one of those things that was funny. I was like 12 and I was like putting her on to stuff. And she was like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> how'd you find this band? I was like, I don't know. I found them on like YouTube, you know, like I'd be in like eighth grade, like scouring the internet for like related artists and stuff like that. So. So, so in terms of kind of like specific bands and stuff, like were there any particular bands that you like gravitated towards that like when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, when I was really young, um, the bands that like were it for me, it was like Reagan Youth. I loved them. Um, I loved the Misfits, like growing up. Yeah. Was, like, who doesn't, you know? And then um, <laughs> yeah. there's like the Dead Kennedys, TSOL. Um, I liked, I liked um, like the Sex Pistols, of course, and the Clash and your bass, like your, the Ramones, anything that was like big and like right in front. And then like, yeah. as I started to dive more into it, it was like, or and I loved the Beastie Boys. Like they were like a huge band for me growing up. And then I liked their punk stuff too, like all their original punk stuff. So that was that was like a huge one for me. But then as I went deeper into it, it was like the plasmatics. And then it was like the New York dolls and like kind of diving into the less mainstream. And mm. um, you start finding stuff like uh, like the Bad Brains were big for me, but they they were more known. And then you would find stuff like Agnostic Front, which was like they're pretty big for our scene. But like, yeah. Not. And then um, Agnostic Front and Chromags and uh, 
you would look at like uh what is it you would like try to find things related to that and gorilla biscuits was like my favorite band still is one of them like when i was younger they were one of the bands that i got into and i started like learning about like kind of the social things that were involved in hardcore like mm. youth of today and those bands um the biggest one though like they were huge um when i was in high school these dudes who were into hardcore um they were super into like the deathcore and metalcore stuff and then right. they showed me they would take me to shows with them and like i just liked going to live music and um they would take me to shows and some of the bands I was like into, some of them not so much, but then they showed me like Ceremony and Trash Talk and nice. Donnie Brook and like those bands. And I was like, this is like, I love this. This is like, because <laughs> yeah. to me that was like punk, you know? So like, I loved that. Um, and so those are like the bands I was into. Like it kind of like trickles, it snowballed into like all these things, but this was all a range between like, 10 years old to like 14 15 years old that all these bands yeah. were like you know one year i was like wow the misfits are like the best ever and then like you start diving into something more and you're like oh the bad brains are like harder though and then you're like <laughs> yeah. diving into something more and you're like oh like i just found out the plasmatics like what is that or like stuff like that and so that was always uh something i was or like x or something you know that was mm. that was pretty much how it snowballed was like from my mom and dad to, and sister to like here I am now like yeah being in, and I've been hardcore you mentioned life. kind of like you putting like your mum onto bands and stuff as well but like were there ever bands that you were like to your mum oh check this out and she was like nah that's that's too like hard for me sort of thing yeah I mean she she's more into the punk stuff like she likes scowl a lot but like yeah. You know, like I'm in other bands and if they're like heavier, she likes them, but she's also like, it's not punk. But you know, like she's like <laughs> yeah. she's more into like punk stuff. Like she definitely has uh she's in the you know, there's a lot of bands that like like for Rancid's like one of my favorite bands of all time, and I think that's like a a like universally like a California thing too, but yeah, he yeah. was like less into that, you know. And she like she knew him, but like I would always play rancid or like bad religion, and she'd be like, ah, put on like germs or it's <laughs> like you know the damned. Like she was that was kind of how she was. So like she was cool though about it. Like she helped me put my mohawk up in the morning, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, like she was cool. She just like she kind of gave me the like. Even my mom gave me the old head treatment. Like, ah, oh, shit's fucking lame. Like, I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So then in terms of you, like, wanting to sort of pursue music and, and stuff like that, like, obviously, as I say, you play guitar and scowl, but I know that wasn't necessarily your first instrument. So what kind of got the ball rolling for you in terms of playing music? Like, what did you, like, start with? Um, I started doing vocals in a band. Okay. Um, I did vocals and we, there was just no like hardcore bands in Santa Cruz at the time that were really doing anything um, mm. that we knew. The band that started right at the same time as one of the first bands I in was Drain. So we right, friends okay. with them and then I was doing vocals in a band and then that band was like, it served as, it was like six months of time. We played a shitload of t uh, shows and like helped build up the scene. And then we were like, this is not what we want to do. So, uh, like we just you know we 
started doing other bands and like it was kind of <laughs> like the uh it was like the prototype for all the bands right now and then um with that my friend chelsea wanted to sing in a band and i was like oh i'll play bass and they're like can you play bass i was like yeah no i couldn't <laughs> so like i had i like plucked around on a bass i knew like a social distortion song from when i was 12 that was like basically a scale so i just bought a bass and sat down and just practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and then eventually um you know i was playing bass we started jawstruck and then that snowballed into other things and then eventually cat was like oh, i want to like front a band and i was like i'll play guitar in it she's like you don't play guitar and i was like i'll, I'll learn <laughs> so now here we are so is that kind of always been your mentality that like because a, a lot of like the musicians i talk to I, either they kind of have their minds set on they want to play guitar they want to play drums or, or whatever but you're kind of a bit more blasé just sort of like oh yeah I'll, I'll give it a go and see if it sticks is that kind of how you approach things yeah that's kind of how i get through life <laughs> like I'll, I'll give it a shot see what happens like and like if i it's like the small victories you know so like if i'm like eh, you know I, I didn't necessarily do it well but i did it i'm just gonna keep doing it so like yeah yeah that's kind of how i've done with everything if you just kind of jump in the deep end it, it most times you'll learn how to swim you know so. <laughs> yeah and like in terms of like as you say the first kind of band was doing vocals but going back to like your sort of like family setup and stuff obviously with it being like surrounded by music was like your mum and dad kind of were they not like again pushing it on you but were they encouraging you to take up an instrument or was it just something that like once you kind of discovered hardcore a bit more you were like nah this is something I want to give a go um nah they weren't pushing instruments or anything I had like a bass in my house and mm. my um I forgot I got it my dad got it for me and uh he I had it and I didn't really know how to play but I would like kind of like pluck along to it and I just listened to a lot of music I skated a lot yeah and uh I have a big family and we were very far from well off. So like yeah. guitar lessons and stuff like that. Um, they weren't like, they weren't really there, you know? So like, yeah, music yeah, yeah. was like, you know, it was, it was more or less shows. Like it was like, my mom was encouraging when I picked up a hobby, but she didn't push a hobby, you know? Like, yeah, no, that's if fine. I got into something. She was like, oh yeah I'll help you out with that but like you're also gonna have to like figure out how to support it yourself because like, I can't pay for it <laughs> yeah. you know so like I got into like anything I did I had to like figure out how to like self-fund it in ways and then also mm. she would help with what she could so um and that was just like you know that was kind of how I came about but they didn't push music um they were just like stoked whenever I was doing something that wasn't trouble like, <laughs> yeah, all right, like you're not in jail you're cool like i'd rather you be like <laughs> yeah. going to shows like she's well aware of how punk and hardcore shows are she's not like she knows how like wild they get so she's not like you know she didn't care she's like all right yeah yeah you're not in jail cool <laughs> and you've mentioned like a few times of these like skating and i think without this 
sounding like cliched or whatever, but like as a as an English person, like California skating, surfing, like it's that's a big sort of like cliche in there. But like, how did you get into it? And was it just because it was it was so around you that you wanted to give it a go, or did were your friends skating? How did you get into it? Yeah, so uh, my uncle, my uncle John, he was really big into skating, and like ever since I remember, he like was like supportive of that, and then my dad, he was also supportive of it, and so like they, I would always get like skate gear. Like my uncle John right. was always skating. He'd give me his like his uh, hand me downs, so I always kind of had something. And then the kids in like the apartment complex we lived in, they all skated, so we would just skate around. You know, we were we were like the drinking from the hose that we found and riding our bikes, <laughs> yeah. skating and like building little jumps and breaking ourselves off because of it. Like it was always around me, so we always skated, and um, hmm. that's all we did was like skate. And then when I got into high school, I ended up picking up downhill skating. So that was yeah. like a huge part of my life for till now, you know, like I still skate and downhill, but like that was, that was it. That's all we did for years. So. Mm. Well, you mentioned the downhill and like, cause that's what I wanted to bring up. Cause I saw a, a video of you doing it. I, yeah. I can't remember where I found it, but literally like that stuff scares the living shit out of me so like i don't know like for you is it just like an adrenaline thing like how because like obviously different like skate ver skate uh sorry street skating vert skating are kind of like what everybody thinks of as skating but obviously like downhill is a completely different sort of discipline and things like that so how did you kind of get into that and like what enjoyment do you get out of it oh yeah that's a so getting into that, my uh, we lived in this this area north of Sacramento when I was younger, and I was getting into trouble. And my mom right fucked this and moved me to like kind of like the outskirts of Sac. And so okay, we moved, and I knew no one. And uh, we I was like skating down the street and then I found the skate shop and I was like this 12, 13 year old kid. And um, I got in, I would go into the skate shop and they kind of were like big and downhill longboards and stuff. And right. I was like, oh, for sure. Like, that's cool. And the guy was really nice, this dude, Dan. So he just kind of let me hang out at the shop and I would like read magazines and like I met one of my best friends there. And, couple others and um they just you know i just started hanging out there and they were doing it so i started doing it and then we got we got okay at it you know so we started competing <laughs> yeah. racing ended up like getting some sponsors and traveling for it and so it was um it was just by accident i stumbled upon mm. it and it became like the most fun because like once you hit like between 40 and 55 miles per an hour on a skateboard everything's different like it feels <laughs> yeah. you're kind of in like a moment of clarity like shit could go sideways real fast and that's when the adrenaline hits first but like you you have like a lot of self-realization like when you're on that kind of in that in that zone so that's cool it was cool yeah it's um it was it's big out here there's a lot of mountain roads that people like bomb and skate so it's it's definitely fun, but yeah, that was 
it was so accidental that I found that. Like that was not <laughs> yeah. on, that was not by design. That's cool. Well, going back to like the music side of things, just, you mentioned kind of the other bands, obviously you're you're a part of, but what would you kind of say was like your quote unquote like first band that sort of did anything of note? Uh, no greater fight. That band was yeah. Uh, can't say it was the best band, but <laughs> it was definitely a fun band. We played a lot of like played a lot of shows in um just our hometown in Santa Cruz, and we had a couple of we played with Bad Religion once, and that was like, oh sick. We opened for them, and that was like the crowning achievement of that band. And then we broke up shortly after. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we've achieved what we wanted. We're done now. It was just to build the scene, like we. We didn't even know what we wanted with the band. Like you could tell there was like influence from like, like all the other, and all of us still hang out and like playing like uh, the dude who drummed in it, Ben, he plays in Tsunami and uh, oh, cool. these streets and he plays in Hands of God. And then Justin played in Drain for a long time as the bassist and you know, Sammy and Tim have been like really good friends of mine and Cody the whole time. So like they, it's been connected since like the start. Mm. So yeah, that was, um, that was the first band. I can't say it was like, we did a lot. The first band that I was in that we like toured and did stuff was Jawstruck. So that was, right, like, okay. that was the first band where we were like touring and like, you know, we played some, some fast and played some bigger shows and, that was the first band where like we really were like a band like practicing all the time and touring and like doing this like the the serious more serious you know and then it just kind of came mm. so obviously would like with that first band is this is that the one that you were doing vocals in yeah yeah i've done vocals yeah. in a few bands but that was the first one like right so like in terms of that kind of thing because i always find it interesting like especially someone who's doing vocals and whatever, like, cause as much as people want to try and get away from it, like obviously you are the focal point and people are looking at you when you're on stage and stuff. So like, did you enjoy that? Like in, in those early days, was, was it kind of something like that you used to like as a release? Like what was it kind of like being that front person in those early stages? Um, it was good. I loved it. Yeah, it was fun. I just would like, I had this like thing where I was like, I'm going to do the stupidest, weirdest things on stage. Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe it was like, because I watched that Gigi Allen documentary and I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like I remember watching that and being like, oh, he does weird stuff. I guess people like that or like watching Ted Kennedy videos. But I, uh, I got a lot of influence from old punks. And then over time, I was like, ah, this is a little, a little extra like so yeah, but yeah. I, I liked it because i just do whatever i wanted and like i didn't care like, it, yeah it was that's fresh. Fair. we weren't jaded like nothing we didn't care about being cool or like what people thought was cool we were just like fuck it we're gonna play and do whatever we want so that was um and it was cool i liked it i like fronting bands it's cool um the only time i ever get bummed is if you like accidentally like say something stupid you know like you're like <laughs> yeah. trying to you like stutter or like say the wrong word or something and then like you're like ah oh, fuck it's on youtube people are gonna make fun of me <laughs> but i don't even care that much it's just funny yeah that's cool and 
you mentioned like I want to obviously touch upon like the kind of Bay Area scene in a moment, but you mentioned like with these like the early days, like it was kind of like you and Drain were sort of the only bands there, sort of thing. So like I don't know, were were like touring bands coming through and or, and stuff like that? Like how were you kind of building that scene? So the scene where we live, because we're in Santa Cruz, it's like yeah south of the bay. So technically, the bay doesn't claim us. We just play in all the bands <laughs> that are in the bay. And like book shows that are part of like the bay scene, but like we, you know, we're we're like the the bastard brother that everyone comes to to use our pool kind of thing. Or they come, to the <laughs> yeah. beach. but um, they we didn't really have a lot of big shows coming to Santa Cruz at the time. They were all going to like Gilman or San Jose, and a lot of venues had shut down. But there are bands like in San Jose. There are bands that were like going at the time and then in the valley and all through northern california so the scene was was alive mm. but our piece wasn't we didn't have right there was shows going on like nick bain would put on shows and pin up and them but they there wasn't like the group of santa cruz hardcore kids or i guess adults that there are now <laughs> um so that was that was like we didn't have that we didn't really know any bands that were playing hardcore at the time too. So we just started mm. our own. And as we did that, people just came. It was kind of like, if you build it, they will come. So like, yeah, started, yeah, there started being videos of our shows and it was like kids crowd surfing in these little rooms and it was like nuts. So people just started hitting us up like, yo, can we play? Or like, yeah, and they come through and they play. And, you know, That's cool. So what? So like, were you kind of like book, booking shows and stuff yourself and things like that? Yeah, that wasn't on purpose. I was just the only one willing to do it. So <laughs> I just I was like, this is me now. So that's fair. Um. So then, in terms of you, like as you say, going out on tour and stuff, like Jawstruck was the first band that you kind of like did that. So. I always find it interesting, like what people's first experiences of touring was like and their kind of perceptions of it and things like that. So like, what was your kind of like experiences like in those early days? And did you kind of have any sort of preconceived ideas of what touring would be like? Did it live up to that? Was it completely different? How was all that? It was so when it was similar to we would do van trips for skating and when we would get right, okay. events and stuff. So I was used to like being in a van. Uh, yeah. My friends were not used to me being in a van with them. So <laughs> over time I learned I had to either be the one driving or sleeping or I was going to torment everybody because I get bored <laughs> and antsy. So uh, it was it was what I thought it would be. Um, but like there's definitely times where I was like, oh, man, like. I'm going to drive everyone crazy right now. Yeah. So like, um, but yeah, it was, it was what I thought it would be. Uh, a lot of driving. So mm. there's that. And then like, at least on the West coast, I've heard, I haven't done it yet. Um, Scal's planning on doing it, but the East coast, I hear the driving shorter. So you can actually like right, okay. drive for just a couple hours and be in the next town. And it's great and fun here. It's like, fuck. It's like, from here to LA, it's like six to eight. From here to yeah. Chico or Sac, it's like four. Or then you go to Port. So like if you were to do a West Coast, it's going to be like Seattle, Portland, Chico, Sacramento. Maybe you hit like Modesto or the Valley, the Bay. Um, 
and you could do either like you could maybe do like Oakland and San Jose or Oakland and Santa Cruz if you want to do double or just one day day go down maybe hit Fresno you know all these spots that I'm saying though it's like between five to ten hour drives just for the west coast yeah yeah so then if you hit the southwest same thing to get to each scene it's about anywhere from five to ten hour drives each time so five hour drives turn into like seven because you got to stop and grab a food or like <laughs> yeah you know? so it, that's like you know i've just kind of got used to it um but yeah, i wish i don't know sometimes i had a faster car or something i don't know <laughs> it's like sometimes driving can be a pain in the ass but yeah do you do you enjoy the, like the driving side of things or is it like because of necessity because otherwise you'll kind of go mad like insane sitting in the back of the van yeah um no i like driving as long as i can like play music if anyone starts trying to play their shit while i'm driving i start to get irritated because it's like usually shit i don't want to hear like, yeah yeah no i get that we have, uh, it's like definitely driver's rules sort of thing yeah i need to zone out like i need something to zone out like it's uh um cole who plays in scowl he's like one of his favorite bands is weezer and like he'll try to play weezer and i'm like fucking no like i'm gonna weezer <laughs> one more time i'm gonna pull over i'm gonna just take out the radio like it's done <laughs> Um, and you mentioned obviously like Jawstruck kind of did like bigger shows and festivals and things like that so like in terms of like the growth of the band and, and things like that like I always find it interesting like what it's like from an inside perspective so was there a moment when you kind of realized like oh we're like getting more notoriety we're we're getting bigger than just being this band from Santa Cruz and, and stuff like that was there a moment in time when you noticed that um we, for Jawstruck, we started getting asked to, like, we just started booking our own tours. And then, like, a couple mm. bands, like, asked if they could do with us. And, like, we were getting asked to play shows and, like, some bigger shows. And so, like, you would look at, like, your plays on Spotify. Like, we're not a big band by any means with Jawstruck. But, um, you know, people people were paying attention and liked it. And we were, like, yeah. people were going off at the shows and having fun so that was kind of when i was like all right people fuck with it like that's cool and mm. that's you know people were singing along and, and out of state and i was like okay so people know and so that was kind of how it was it's the same thing with scow like people were like singing along or having fun and i was like all right cool like we're in like people like it so that's all and just in terms of kind of like where things are at the moment, because obviously like the main reason I've obviously reached out to you was like via Scowl and, and stuff like that. But obviously you have these other bands and stuff. So do you have like priorities at the moment, like which bands you're prioritizing or are you kind of constantly juggling things at the moment? Oh, I juggle. I juggle a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I always like if with Scowl, it's kind of like um, Scowl's doing the most and mm. we we really like it and we're releasing an lp soon and like with flat spot and we have a bunch of stuff going on so for scouts there's just a lot more going on right now um lead dream we're still playing shows and like we released something right before the pandemic and but with lead dream again like two of the members are in like dirt is in gulch drain and tsunami so he's busy and he's, yeah. like, he's like 
him and I started the band together. So like, I'm not playing without dirt, you know? So he's, if he's busy, then the band's busy, you know, like if, um, same with Ben, he plays in Tsunami and like these street stands of God. So he's busy. So with that being said, Scal's kind of like the one that's just, there's more focus on because there's more time and opportunity to do stuff. Um, mm. And that's, that's kind of it. Like I juggle, like if there's a show and we can all play it, like I'm going to go to practice every night of the week with a different band and make sure we're tight. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, but if I'm also not the like, I'm not, I'm focused on what's, um, what's available. And if there's opportunity there, then we're going to take it. I'm not going to, um, it's first come first serve. I'm not canceling shows based on like another band's what maybe this is going on or something, you know, like, yeah. I mean, if it was like, we got offered to do some big tour in Europe and I already had like a show booked over here for one band, I'd be like, all right, all right, guys, like either, <laughs> yeah. either find a filling or something. Cause I got to, I got to do this. So Yeah, no, that's fair. And then like going back to, cause you said like members, you like bands that all share different members in like, it's kind of become like a bit of an internet joke in some aspects that like Scowl, Gulch, Drain, Tsunami, like, as you said, like Lead Dream, so on and so forth. Like it's kind of like a revolving circus of members that are all in these different bands, but all of them have a unique and different sound kind of thing. So I just kind of wanted to like get your perspective on like, like going back to sort of growing the Santa Cruz scene to like, where it is now where like you have this plethora of different bands and different sounds but you all seem to kind of live in like a little bubble like that works so i don't know like how have you kind of seen it grow like and like especially like the outside perspective of like the growth of those bands as well like how big they've become is it has it been like a weird situation seeing your scene grow to an international level uh it's just badass. Like I'm happier, <laughs> you know, like my friends play big fests for me. It was always, cause I was always booking shows here. So like for me, seeing all my friends play big fests, I was like stoked, like, mm. and seeing their, their record blow up, like I'm going to push it and stuff. The only thing I was ever like, is I wanted to play them with them. Like not maybe, not yeah, them, yeah. but maybe one of my bands. And so like, like, uh, it was i just was never any bands that were like that and they hadn't been around as long but um like drain since day one like those are my boys like i, I ride from every band that i've started in like the past couple years they filled in and helped play till i got full members so like um those are just like that's that was kind of it but like um yeah the what you're saying about the different sounds that's because each person who writes for each band, mainly like the main driving factor is into different stuff. So like yeah. Gulch, a lot of it is written by Cole and he's into different stuff. than you see like Dirt, who also plays in Gulch and Sammy, Sammy and, and Cody and Tim and Dirt are in Drain, but they were all more into crossover. And that's what the basis mm. of the band was, as opposed to Lead Dream, which Dirt writes basically everything for. That's his style. Like he was all into Terror Ave and Billy Club Sandwich and those things, and like King Nine and those bands. Then for Scow, it was 
a bit of one i suck at guitar so like, i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel but yeah yeah the bands i was into is i've always been in more punk and oi and like hardcore punk so that's what i wanted to write that was the band that i always wanted to write music for and mm. then so that's why they were all different is each person is all like they're all really tight with each other but they're all have a background in different stuff so that's why yeah they share members but there's really like a, a driving force of like two members that are like this is what i want and this is what it will be and so mm. the rest are just kind of like all right cool like sounds good i mean they might come with some riffs and like some ideas but they're not the driving factor with that background so yeah that was kind of like how those things i think played out mm. but i think that moves nicely onto kind of what i wanted to bring up was that like obviously with scowl you're the kind of person that is the, like the main sort of songwriter in terms of like the mu music side of things and as you mentioned like you hadn't really played guitar until this band started sort of thing so how did you kind of find that challenge and like how has the kind of sound progressed like from the demo to the ep and potentially what we're going to hear on the on the lp um i just got better i guess and i was like <laughs> I, yeah this sounds cooler if i do this instead of this or started mixing it up a little more and so like that's just kind of like how it how it came about um but i just wanted to play hardcore punk so i was like yeah. side to sides in two step two steps then i'm like then i'm with it so mm. that was kind of that i don't know that's it progressed because i had to get better because if I did, yeah yeah then it was gonna suck and i didn't want to do that so but did you find it like a challenge like initially kind of like I know because obviously you've got this background in like the more sort of like hardcore punk side of things, but like kind of getting to grips of like how to write that style and things like that, especially on a guitar where you've just kind of picked it up. Yeah. Did you find that difficult or Writing, did you kind of pick it up quite quickly? The style, no. To write that, like that was just what I knew. So like it, yeah. it kind of came to me. Um, I was like by no means in reinventing the wheel or anything it was just like <laughs> yeah. hardcore punk, but it was playing live. That was what right, it okay. out of me because we have one guitarist, so I can't hide behind someone better than me. And <laughs> it was just playing live, like getting comfortable and not being like, oh my God, like I don't fuck up, don't fuck up, you know? So yeah, yeah. And so that was that was a learning curve that was a challenge it still is a challenge mm. like i'm i'm always like fuck like don't mess up don't mess up so and just in terms of kind of like you may not be able to touch upon this but i think like because there are like this wave of bands that are playing that more kind of like oi street punk influenced hardcore but putting like a modern spin on it now like they all like i guess if we like bands like Primitive Blast, Spy, Punitive Damage, who obviously you guys went out with. Like, there's this plethora of it, but they, again, they've all kind of got their spin on it. Yeah. And I think, like, what you, like, with Scowl, like, for me personally, what is really kind of unique is Cat's voice. And obviously, like, you mentioned, like, the start of this band was Cat wanting to, to front a band. So, I don't know, did you kind of know that she had that in her? Or was it when you first guys got in a practice room, she kind of let out and i was like oh that's pretty cool like keep doing that kind of thing oh, i knew she 
I I was I knew she did, had it in her because I've heard it yeah. before. So I was like, oh, right, okay, she can do it. Like that sounds sick. And like, um, yeah, it was. I just knew she was able to do it, and I kind of wanted to like push her to get out of her comfort zone and like. Dude, nice. You would always talk about how she wanted to do things. And I was like, I can do it, you know? So <laughs> yeah. like, we're both jumping into the deep end together on this one. So she, um, she over, I think she's got more comfortable too, uh, mm. from the demo to now, but she, um, she's, she's doing really good. Like she's, she's definitely like venturing outside of her comfort zone and really getting into it. And so, she has her own she has her own style which i like a lot and like she's yeah. a really good lyricist and she writes all that and like she's she's fantastic with that so i um she definitely has her own spin to it and i think with the back like for me there's some riffs that are just straight like boy inspired or like hardcore punk inspired and i try to mix those together well because like you know, I'm a skin, like I'm going to try to incorporate <laughs> yeah. that into my music that I, that I write. Um, and so I think that kind of all pans out with it. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's like, it's, That's she cool. has her own thing going and she's, she's kind of behind the imagery and like the, mm. that part of the band. And that's like her, her reasoning is she's like, you know, I, I like cute things. And I'm going to bring them into like what I like because I don't care for yeah. me and like whoever else likes it, you know, and if they don't like it or want to call soft because there's flowers, then she doesn't give a fuck and neither do I. Oh, definitely. I think it's like, I think it's more punk than anything to be like, everyone's like, oh, like check out like all this evil shit on our fucking cover and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I think it's funnier to be like, here's a flower. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's kind of like fucking with people who are like taking themselves too seriously. Because the music. Well, I think that's the thing. Like when I first like found you guys, like I think like I literally posted something like on like my personal like Instagram. Where I was like, "More flowers in punk." Like, because it's just like, as you say, there's like the whole kind of like evil macho machismo and stuff. Yeah. But then there's a fucking rad band that's got flowers all over their stuff, and it's like, no, that's fucking sick. That was the point. It's like just have. It's supposed to just be like do what you want, and have fun. Like that's kind of the basis of our band is like, uh, I want to play guitar, so I'm going to play guitar. Like she never fronted a band, but she wants to have fun in front of bands, you know? And if people like it, that's awesome. And we're super grateful. And if people don't, that's fine. They could not like it. And if people want to talk shit, well, fuck them. So <laughs> I don't really care either way if they do. And you mentioned obviously like now that Cosy shows are coming back and like I've seen that you guys have been announced on like loads of like rad shows in, in the States and stuff. So have you kind of been surprised at like how quick things have picked up again? Or I don't know, is it just because like you've kind of always been working in the background and kind of planting seeds and stuff like that? Oh, we, we've been planting stuff. We've been waiting. So this was all <laughs> just like ready. It was ready to go. So yeah like we have a lot of stuff planned for this year already like just with the LP That's coming cool. out we're gonna drop a video with it um we got a couple curveballs on the lp for people that i'm excited to, nice to put out there um got a tour planned in august that's going to be getting announced here soon and uh from there we're just going to keep grinding you know so it's um 
we've been we've been planning it we've been wanting it to keep going and as more things come we're going to keep doing it and uh yeah like it's i'm pretty excited about that so that's cool um and just quickly before i do let you go one thing other thing that i wanted to to mention was the cult nation like anniversary sort of live stream set that you guys did so how did that kind of come about and like as you say, like with the aesthetics and everything, like did you put a lot of thought into like how, cause obviously like in a live setting, like you obviously want to feed off the energy of a crowd, but you didn't have that. You just kind of had the camera. So did you put a lot of thought into like how it was going to look on camera, so to say? Yeah, we, um, we decorated it. Um, Kat kind of had this idea of hanging flowers and then like we got sheets and hung it up. It was just in our practice space. And we had our buddy come and record it. And then we had um, Tyler Bray film it. And Tyler and I actually went to film school together. So, oh, okay, cool. So, like, we kind of had an idea. He, Tyler had some lighting, he has a great camera. And so, like, he made it, he made it come alive to the way it is. So, that was, uh, that was kind of like what was, it came about that way. And uh, we planned it that way. And, it's everything kind of panned out which was really yeah really helpful <laughs> sometimes it doesn't you have an idea and it doesn't work out and you're like fuck but this one <laughs> this one came out pretty good like uh so that's i was pretty i was pretty happy with that i said like the bit that i loved about it like to, like obviously the like the songs and the set itself but like you going back to the mentioning of like the, the band just being the idea of fun and like Obviously, like, there's a seriousness to the band, but after, like, Sammy did the guest spot, like, you guys just kind of, like, creasing up and having a good laugh together. I was just sort of like, oh, no, like, you can tell, like, these guys are all just, like, pals and having fun and doing this because they all, like, love each other. And it was really nice to kind of see that on camera. Oh, yeah, that's that's all we wanted to do is just, like, have fun. And, like, there is a seriousness of, like, the lyrics of the band and the music itself is more aggressive. Oh like, yeah, of course. There's a there's a weird poetic thing about the band where you look at all this like cute imagery or like the flower, or, like the angry flower and like what we have going on. And um, if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like the, the smile that masks the internal pain of things. Um, yeah, yeah. That's something that's going on with it in the sense of like we we have a lot of fun and joking but then you listen to like the lyrics cat has or like the music that's written and you can tell there's like there's some internal pain there that you're it's it's a release like you're working it out yeah. so i always thought that that was kind of like a weird cool and poetic thing about the the band is it's not just like cute fun it's like oh there's some there's some darkness in there there's some aggression in there <laughs> yeah that's like still good you know like it's a good way to work it out and deal with it that's cool and obviously you mentioned new record coming at some point through flat spot and stuff like that so are you do you have a release date are you able to share that yet or is it still a bit of a gray area at the moment it's a little bit of a gray area so the plants are <laughs> i have a tentative release date but it's okay not for sure so the plants because of covid and because like record store day and all all yeah, these bands yeah. trying to get records out now and there's 
all these things, the plants are backed up. So the old three to four month turnaround for a record has gone to like six to eight months. Yeah. Like yeah. the test press is approved. The artwork's already done. It's all, it's all done and ready to go, but it's, it's like kind of put, it's, it was pushed to like a date, but like maybe the date will move forward or maybe it'll go back. We're not sure yet. So that's why we haven't announced it because we don't want to be like, it's coming. <laughs> no, and enough. then like everyone's like, where the fuck is it? We're like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. But, uh, but that was definitely like, that's a cool one for sure. Like, I'm excited for that to come out and hopefully it's received well. Yeah, like, I'm super stoked to like hear it. Like, I think I was trying to think before we got on the call, like when I first heard you guys, but like, from the demo to the EP, like I've just loved everything you've done. So when this finally drops, like I'm super, super looking forward to it. So thank you. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, hopefully you'll like it. I think there's a lot of growth on it. Like there's a lot of, you could tell there's some parts where we're playing around with some things and it's, it's definitely sounds like us. So that's a plus. Yeah. It's just, I think there's a lot of growth and the way it was written was because of COVID, like I got laid off for about a month or so. Oh, and sure. I just sat in my living room and wrote everything. And like, that was how it came, came about. <laughs> yeah. like there was a, me dealing with like depression or something. I was like, I just have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. It, so That's cool. Well, before I do let you go, Malachi, how I like to end things is to ask my guests what their favorite song is, but with a bit of a twist. And you're actually the first guest that I'm able to ask this for in over a year who's played a show. So you might have a, a very fresh answer to this. But what's your favorite Scowl song that you like to play live and why? Um, I like to play the new ones that aren't out yet. because no, <laughs> I like that because I like to see if, if people still like them. It's like sick. They don't even know this yet. And they're, they're fucking. Yeah, better. yeah. So I like that. Um, that. That one's really fun. I also like, uh, I like most of them. We, I like all of them we play live for different reasons. I really like Petty Selfish Cretin going into like from that D beat into that two step because people are always yeah. like, like shaking their heads. They're like, yeah. And then they go into the two step. I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, those are kind of the ones that I, that I like. That's cool. But perfect. Brilliant. Well, Malachi, thank you very much for for taking the time. As I say, like I cannot wait for this record to drop. Like I'm super excited to to hear it, um, and hopefully we'll see you over here in the UK or Europe at some point in the future. That's the plan. Hopefully we get out there. Oh, I'll add something. If anyone hears this and it's on there, fuck all those kids on TikTok that are being weird. We have a fucking weird ass comment section on TikTok right now. Oh really? I hate them so much. <laughs> What like what are they saying? They're just weird. They get <laughs> it gets weird, man. Like when you're, it's uh, there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness too from the RBS show. It's like all my homies bands. Anyone talking shit? Fuck them. They're like, well, I'm mate. I'm too old for TikTok, so I have no you're idea. You're not missing out. You're not missing <laughs> yeah. out. It's uh, it's like a Call of Duty chat room in there right now. It's like oh god, it's terrible, but. I just wanted to throw that out there. If any any kids who are talking shit on TikTok hear this, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I echo that sentiment very much. But yeah, Malachi, thank you very much for your time, my friend. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. No worries. Take care. You too. So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Malachi for having a chat with me. And yeah, really kind of interesting insight into how things have built up over there in Santa Cruz in the Bay Area. Um, as always, if you want to keep up to date with all of Malachi's bands, all the details will be linked in the episode show notes. And as I've mentioned, I'm super stoked for Scal's new record, which will be coming out in Flat Spot Records later this year. Um just another final reminder, episode 200 is out next week. Uh, competition giveaway on our Instagram at Justin's and score. And in, yeah, just try that one again. Just at, whoa, try third time at just underscore and underscore insight. There we go. Boom. Um, all the details on there, as I say, we'll be doing an Instagram live on July 5th. Uh, we'll post up details as to when, but as I say, probably around 6, 7 p.m. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say for, for this week. Honestly, like, as I said at the top of the show, unbelievably thankful for everyone that's shown support and stuff for this show over the 199 episodes we've done so far. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It does really, really help. Um, but for now, thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast, and I will see you soon. <laughs>